Well, we finally come to the end of our series on Colossians. And for such a short book, we've spent a lot of time in it. We've spent four and a half months covering four chapters. And we could have easily taken longer. Anyway, often as we do a series, um, especially when we're studying one of the letters, I like to at some time during that series um, do what we're supposed to do with the letter. Read it. Um, read the letter as it was intended, as a letter um, which is written to be read publicly at a church. And that's what I usually try to do sometime during that series. And um, because I'm pretty smart, I usually wait until I've got a really busy week when I've had to do a funeral or something extra on top of it and don't have time to prepare a sermon. I'll, we'll read the letter that week. But um, as it turns out, we've gotten all the way through and we still haven't read the letter. So guess what we're doing today? I feel like I'm doing the kid's story, Andrew. Guess what we're doing today? We might be reading the letter. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, and in chapter 4, verse 16, which is right at the end, uh, Paul said to the Colossian church, and when this letter has been read among you, have it also read in the church of the Laodiceans. That's a, that's a church just up the road a bit. And see that you also read the letter from Laodicea. You see, it's not just Michael's laziness that he hasn't prepared a sermon and he wants to read a letter. This is something that we're actually told to do. These letters were written to particular churches, but the intent of them was, don't just hog it for yourself, share it. And so that's what we're doing today. See, see we have a habit where we usually try to divide the, the letters of the Bible up into little bits and we study them in depth. And that's good. That's a good habit to have. But by reading the whole letter as it's intended to be read, that, that generally gives us a whole different feel for the letter of how it comes across overall. And we realise right there in verse 16, God intends this for us to do. So we're going to do that. And then after we've read the letter, we're just going to look a little bit deeper at the final verses that we haven't covered yet. Righto. So chapter 1 verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God and Timothy our brother to the saints and faithful brothers in Christ at Colossae, grace to you and peace from God our Father. We always thank God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ when we pray for you since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. Of this you have heard before in the word of truth, the gospel, which has come to you, as indeed in the whole world it is bearing fruit and increasing, as it also does among you, since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God in truth just as you learned it from Epaphras, our beloved fellow servant. He is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf and has made known to us your love in the Spirit. And so, from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, 
bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is above all things and in him all things hold together and he is the head of the body the church he is the beginning the firstborn from the dead that in everything he might be preeminent for in him all the fullness of god was pleased to dwell and through him to reconcile to himself all things whether on earth or in heaven making peace by the blood of his cross. And you, who were once alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body of, of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. If Indeed, you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and of which I, Paul, became a minister. Now, I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake, and in my flesh I am filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions, for the sake of his body, that is, the church, of which I became a minister, according to the stewardship from God that was given to me for you, to make the word of God fully known, the mystery hidden for ages and generations, but now revealed to his saints. To them, God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. For this I toil, struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works within me. For I want you to know what greater struggle I have for you and for the Laodicea and for all who have not seen me face to face, that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, to reach all the riches of the full assurance of the understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I say this 
in order that no one may delude you with plausible arguments. For though I am absent in the body, yet I'm with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and the firmness of your faith in Christ. Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy an empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. For in him the whole fullness of the deity dwells bodily, and you have been filled in him, who is the head of all rule and authority. In him you also you were circumcised, with a circumcision made without human hands by putting off the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead. And you, who were dead in your trespasses and, and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses by cancelling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he, he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. Therefore, let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food and drink or with regard to a festival or a new boon or a Sabbath. These are a shadow of the things to come. But the substance belongs to Christ. Let no one disqualify you, insisting on asceticism and the worship of angels, going on in detail about visions, puffed up without reason by his sensuous mind, and not holding fast to the head from whom the whole body nourished and knit together through its joints and ligaments grows with a growth that is from God. If with Christ you died to the elemental spirits of the world, why as if you were still alive in the world do you submit to regulations? Do not handle do not taste, do not touch, referring to, to things that all perish as they are used, according to human precepts and teachings. These have indeed an appearance of wisdom in promoting self-made religion and, and asceticism and severity to the body, but they are of no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. If then, you have been raised with Christ. Seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. 
when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these, you too once walked when you were living in them. But now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Here, there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. Put on then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Wives, submit to your husbands, as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives, and do not be harsh with them. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. Bond servants or slaves or servants, obey in everything those who are your earthly masters, not by way of eye service as people pleases, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. Whatever you do, Work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. For the wrongdoer will be paid back for the wrong he has done, and there is no partiality. Masters, treat your bondservants justly and fairly, knowing that you also have a master in heaven. Continue steadfastly in prayer, 
being watchful in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison, that I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak. Walk in wisdom toward outsiders, making the best use of the time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. Ticketus will tell you all about my activities. He's a beloved brother and a faithful minister and a fellow servant in the Lord. I've sent him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are and that he may encourage your hearts. And with him, one Simus, our faithful and beloved brother, who is one of you. They will tell you everything that has taken place here. Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner, greets you. And Mark, the cousin of Barnabas, concerning whom you have received instructions, if he comes to you, welcome him. And Jesus, who is called Justice. These are the only men of the circumcision among my fellow workers for the kingdom of God. And they've been a comfort to me. Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ Jesus, greets you always struggling on your behalf in his prayers that you may stand mature and fully assured in all the will of God. For I bear him witness that he has worked hard for you and for those in Laodicea and in Hierapolis. Luke, the beloved physician, greets you as does Demas. Give my greetings to the brothers at Laodicea and to Nympha, and the church in her house. And when this letter has been read among you, have it also read in the church of the Laodiceans and see that you also read the letter from Laodicea. And say to Archippus, see that you fulfil the ministry that you have received in the Lord. I, Paul, write this greeting with my own hand. Remember my chains. Grace be with you. Have you ever done that before? You ever read the letter of Colossians through in one go? What an amazing letter. What an amazing letter. Unashamedly focusing on Christ. Who we are in Christ. The transformation we have in Christ. Our hope in Christ the future glory in Christ, the mystery of Christ in us. Right at the beginning of the series, I gave you the heads up that this letter was going to be unashamedly about Christ and it hasn't disappointed, has it? It's just been there all the way through. Now, as we read that letter just now, uh, did you recognise some of the passages we've studied over the last four and a half months? This is the point at which, unless you go, oh, yeah, the preacher really goes, oh, man, what am I doing here? I'll speak on my behalf. By the way, our visitors up the back went, hmm? (laughs) Remember, nothing of it at all. Um, 
I, I don't understand it, why they haven't been listening online. Oh, for goodness sake. Uh, but anyway, um, but for me, I find, and, and I've read that through a couple of times preparing for today, and each time I did, I just wanted to start concentrating on one particular bit and preach on it again, right? Like, and then it'd be a different bit as we go through it. Oh, yeah, well, I really want to say more about this. And, but we've already done that. We've already done that. The only bit that we haven't looked at in depth is the bit at the end where Paul's basically saying, ta-ta, cheerio, see you later. And, and we often skip over those bits in the Bible. But when we actually take the time to, to talk about it, there's tremendous encouragement to be found, even in saying, ta-ta, cheerio. For me, I get reminded of the connection that we have with the greater, wider Christian fellowship. It is wonderful to have close fellowship where we are in our own little fellowship. That, that's wonderful. But it's bigger than us. And we live in an age now where there are many Christian churches within the one town, even within this little town of St George. I don't know what the latest count is, whether it's seven or, or eight or, or how many we are. I'd have to try and work it out again. But, but the church is much bigger than us in St George. And it's a good thing for us to, to fellowship and connect with other churches and other Christians in St. George. Um, but as Christians, we are far bigger than, than that yet. What verses 7 to 18 do for me is they remind me of the greater, wider Christian church and our connectedness our shared mission. It reminds me that we're not connected to institutions. We're connected to brothers and sisters. It reminds me that we share a calling. We share a ministry. We share a mission. And it's the same gospel. The mystery of Christ has been revealed to them as the mystery of Christ has been revealed to us. And you know what, the, the way that Paul describes these people, he's really commending them. And what comes through to me is the sense of love that Paul has for his brothers and he held, how he holds them in a very high regard. But also it reminds me that the way he describes these people, he's not describing fair weather Christians. You know what I mean by fair weather Christians? It's sort of like, oh yeah, while it's going it's easy, I'll be a Christian, but it really doesn't affect life that much. And None of us should be fair-weather Christians. He's talking here about people of commitment, people who are standing strong in the faith, people who are active in ministry and mission. And it doesn't matter what town you're in. It doesn't matter what country you're in. Um, if you're off on holidays or, or moving for work or whatever, when you visit a church that shares the same gospel, that shares the same calling, that shares the same ministry, that shares the same ministry, you know that you've got a genuine connection of love because you've found some brothers and sisters to share life with. Here's some of the titles that Paul uses. Tychicus is a beloved brother. He's a faithful minister. He's a fellow servant or a fellow slave. It's the same word in the Lord. 
Onesimus, who we know is a literal slave, right? Onesimus is a slave who ran away from his master. And it's highly likely that this is the point where Paul is actually sending Onesimus back to his master, now a Christian. You go back to your master. If you want to know more about that, read the book of Philemon. And you'll see that Onesimus is being sent back to Philemon. And yet he doesn't call him a slave. He refers to Onesimus as our faithful and beloved brother. Then there's Aristarchus, a fellow prisoner in jail with Paul. He mentions Mark and Barnabas and, and Jesus, who has the nickname Justice, right? Just presumably so we don't get confused with the Jesus we know. Um, Jesus was actually a pretty common name back then. And these three, they're Jewish by ethnicity, they're fellow workers for the kingdom of God, and they've been a comfort to Paul. Then there's Epaphras. He also is described as a servant or a slave of Christ Jesus. And he struggles in his praying. Now, I don't think that means that he's not a very good prayer. You know, some of us, oh, I really struggle with this, or I really struggle with that. No, no, no. He struggles in his prayer. He's struggling on their behalf. He actually comes from Colossae, and he's praying for the Colossians. It's pretty evident as we've read this letter and as we've studied this letter, the purpose of the letter was to shore the Colossian church up so that they can stand against false teachings when they come their way. And that's what Epaphras has been praying for. He's been praying that the Colossians would stand mature and self-assured, sorry, not self-assured, fully assured in all the will of God. And he's not just a prayer, he's a doer. He's worked hard in various towns. And then he mentions Luke, the beloved physician. Uh, we know Luke because he is the bloke who wrote the gospel of Luke. Not one of the disciples, but he researched it all and spent time and tried to get all the stories together and he recorded it all in the gospel of Luke, the longest of the gospels. Uh, we also know that he wrote, wrote down the Acts of the Apostles, the book of Acts. But he's described as the beloved physician so that's the way he describes all these folks. Now, in our day, often when church leaders are introducing other church leaders or pastors or whatever, they, they do what I call the pump me up. And to me, to me, it comes across as being fake and shallow. Like, here's my mate, Fred. Now, he's come today. Fred is an awesome man of God. He is so amazing, this Fred. Yep. I've known Fred for so long and he is so awesome. Now, I don't know Fred, probably because I just made him up, but Fred, the visiting pastor, he is in no way awesome. And I can be sure of that because no pastor is awesome. No, no um, singer is awesome. And I'm sorry to break your hearts, but none of you are awesome. And what you're going to have for Smoko isn't awesome either. You know who's awesome? It's the Lord our God. Our Lord is in every way awesome. And the point is, none of us are awesome. We are servants. 
We are slaves of Christ. We are fellow workers. And I'd rather hang out with a slave, with a fellow servant of Christ any day than with someone who needs to be told they're awesome to feel good about themselves. Because these are our brothers and sisters in Christ. Now, I've said this before, and I'm going to say it again. I want to encourage you that whenever you're out of town, whenever you're on holidays or whether, whenever you've gone away for, for the weekend, go and visit a local church where you are. When, when I'm away, I, I always do this, and I try not to visit a mega church when I'm away and um, because... I know that I'm probably not going to meet the natives if I do. It's hard to actually, at least I find it hard, to connect with someone when I go and visit a megachurch. No one even knows if you're a visitor because everybody hardly knows anybody. I much prefer to go to a smaller church when I'm away visiting. And that way, I know that I'm much more likely to connect with a servant of Christ or with a slave of Christ who is a brother or sister in Christ rather than a spectator at a show. And what a beautiful thing this is for us to connect with other servants of Christ in other towns. And something I really love about this church is the way that when we have visitors, they don't get left on their own. There's, there's always somebody talking to the visitors. I always see this. And often they'll get invited home to have lunch with somebody after the church or to go skiing with someone. You going skiing today, Henry? Maybe, maybe. <laughs> but that's, that's a strange answer from you. <laughs> it's usually, of course, of course. But let's be that sort of church that, um, Mark, you can give me feedback afterwards how many people invite you home for lunch. <laughs> <laughs> but let's be that sort of church. So there you go. Uh, the final few verses, not just ta-ta, cheerio, see you later. Much more than that. Let's pray. Lord, we want to thank you that our faith is all about Christ. And we thank you that, that in Christ we have brothers and sisters in Christ, that they are meeting in country towns, they are meeting in city auditoriums or on an outback veranda. They meet in suburban chapels and inner city cathedrals. Lord, your church is wonderful. And we thank you that wherever we go, we have family, we have fellow servants or slaves of Christ, we have br beloved brothers and faithful ministers to connect with. Lord, may we be these things ourselves and may we delight in connecting with others wherever we go. In Jesus' name, amen.